Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. Welcome back. <laughs> this is Eric and Gina Robinson, and today we are going to start a new series on Ecclesiastes. Yay, new series day. Yes. Fun stuff. Love the last series. Always anxious to start something new. So I think we're going to have a blast, even though this book may seem like something that's a little daunting. Yeah, it can sound kind of depressing. We're not trying to push <laughs> anybody over the edge. No, no, um, no, definitely not. And by the time you get to the end, we think that you too will see, oh, this is actually quite a hopeful and optimistic book, but it's amazing how many can still read it and come away with a feeling of like pessimism or at the very least like a, like was that meaningful at all well you know and even some that? of the but, commentators yeah. that you'll read will say how did this even get in the canon yeah, it's amazing how and, many of them yeah. still asking that question yeah so hopefully when we get to the end of this you'll see why it belongs there mm-hmm. and yeah god god is God oversaw that whole process, mm-hmm. and it's here for a reason. So, hundred percent, I believe that without question. Um, so, I am really glad that we're doing it because maybe this will help for those who, if you're a, you read through your Bible every year, you may get to Ecclesiastes and be like, okay, here we go again. But mm-hmm. I, don't really, I don't really know where I'm going. It is one of those books that has to be poured over, and I believe this about every book, and so do you, I know, but yes. maybe even more so than many. It needs to be poured over very slowly and wrestled with slowly because that's where insight's going to come. Otherwise, you'll, you will buzz through it and you'll wonder what in the world was that all about. It'll be too hard to discover. So, so really, well, and it's one here. that we don't spend a lot of time in. Oh, yeah, we definitely we, don't. As we take, fact, I've never heard you know, a few verses out of here Yeah, that, you, that will sound very familiar, but we don't. I don't know if I've ever been in a class. No, I think I can honestly say I don't believe we've ever been in a church where Ecclesiastes was our subject of study for any, for a quarter or six weeks or anything. I don't think that's ever happened. And, uh, And I'm not sure that I've ever even heard. I don't know that I've heard a sermon on just a piece of Ecclesiastes. Once in a while, somebody might bounce something but in there from it, Ecclesiastes yeah. and mention it, but I don't think I've ever heard But like not that. taking the whole thing in context and talking about it. Yes. Right, so I'm sure that. there have been. We're not saying yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, we're, no. We're, just saying we're just saying it's not an everyday <laughs> thing out yeah, there. Yeah, fairly yeah. not. Not often does that happen. So there's 12 chapters. It, mm-hmm. it won't take us a long time to get through it, right. but... We're going to give it some time. Yeah, we're going to give it a little time and discuss some of the intricacies of it. And I think it'll be very, very helpful for people. Um, thanks for listening. As always, really glad you're here. You can go to our website at eatscripture.com if you'd like to send us a note or take a look at some resources on our resource, resource page, uh, whatever. And we'd be happy to hear from you. Anything you would like to ask or any suggestion you might like to make about a future series or something would be great. Please continue to share with your friends, um, those who might share on social media, or just share with a, somebody that you know uh, or something, one of the podcasts that you think might be good for them to listen to. But we're starting to get quite a few up there now, headed toward 200 pretty yeah. quick. We should, should we'll have a celebration day when we do yeah, our 200th episode. Right. Exactly, we will. <laughs> um, and so it will be really good. We'll 
we are just glad you're here and glad that you're listening and appreciate your time. So hopefully this will be just another series that you can get something out of and really feel like, oh yeah, that was valuable mm-hmm. to me. Time well spent. I think most people will be able to relate. Yes. To there what's being be on written. Some level. Yeah. Uh, on some level. We've all felt this way at some point. So Yeah, agreed. Well, so what we're gonna do today is we're gonna I think we should start with just some a, a little bit of precursor information here about Ecclesiastes. Uh, talk a little bit about just um, kind of a couple things about the book itself, um, and then before we read. And uh, first of all, let's just say the book of the the names book in Hebrew, so its original mm-hmm. um, name in the scriptures is Kohelet. Yes, um, I say it wrong every time, so excuse me if I say it wrong. <laughs> yeah, we may get mispronounced. Um, but there's a couple of translations that actually keep that word in the translation, and mm-hmm. most of them do not. Most of them try and interpret it to something like our ESV does, which is to say the preacher. And right. um, Kohelet is a Hebrew word that has to do with gathering that comes from a root to gather yeah. or to it assemble. Could mean one who assembles. Yeah. And you might, I think there's some idea that this is, oh, this is the person who assembled all this information, all this wisdom. Mm. But or, um, it's really about, more about people. Yeah, I think so. Assembling people. I would agree. Um, where, where As I was reading, that word is really more about that. So, so I think maybe Kohela could be possibly in a very colloquial way said something like a, someone who draws a crowd. Right. Might be a way to put it. You know, right. this is a person who, when he speaks, people pay attention. They come and listen. And I'll um, say real quickly, that's really interesting because it is, that's where we get the name Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm, yep. Um, that's just the Greek form. <laughs> Which one. comes, of course, from uh, Septuagint. Ecclesia. Uh huh. Ecclesia. Exactly. Which, our which is what we church. translate church all the way through the New Testament. But it just but that just all makes sense. I just had to say that because yep. I kind of love words yep. and and where they came from, mm-hmm. and so this is very interesting to me yep. that that word really means assembling when he yep. assembles or brings people together, yep. and so. That's where this word comes yeah. from. Yeah, no, it's really a neat word, actually. Mm-hmm. And yes, that that's where this comes from. So this would be like, <laughs> in a real New Testament way of speaking, you might say, the the church leader, the church gatherer, the church something, right. I mean, the church assembler. I don't know what you'd say, but yeah, which is really a double meaning, um, or a repeat, uh, whatever you call that, repeated word, basically, right. um, um, where. We're repeating ourselves when we say a church gatherer because the church is a gathering. Um, so this this person, though, he has this wisdom to impart. And his name is used in the very first line, very first part of the first line. The words of the preacher, the words of the Kohelet, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And there's been a lot of question about that, too. Okay, so do we know him? Do we know who this is? Some would, This is a book of wisdom in the whole considered in the whole book of the Bible in the, our Bibles. This is one of the wisdom books. And so as a wisdom book, several of these have been associated with Solomon. Mm-hmm. 
So Solomon gets credit for this one too. And partly because of that, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Sounds but like also because be he sought after wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, prayed for wisdom. And so, so much of this is about that. Yep. Uh, that I think a lot of people think, oh, well, it must have been Solomon that wrote this. Uh, and verse chapter 1, verse 16 even says that he's acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And so maybe he's the, he's the, that's how we know Solomon. He's the wisest of all men. So surely but this really, would be Solomon. David Solomon. But if it is Solomon, yeah. yes, then you have to question, <laughs> okay, wait a second. David technically was the only king of Israel before him. What does he mean by all? And some commentators have said, okay, well, he's referencing though all of the kings of Jerusalem before it was even in the hands of the Israelites. And we know that that could be tracked at least back to Melchizedek, if not further right. than that, because Melchizedek was a king of that city long before a king and a priest, high priest. In that it's city. certainly possible that it, these could be attributed to Solomon. Yes. yes. It's, it's also possible that it was some other descendant of David. Yes. Son of David really just is a way of saying descendant of David. And so it could easily be that we're talking on down the line somewhere. And this whole surpassing all the wisdom of all those before me, maybe that's a poetic way of talking. Maybe he's not really saying, hey, I'm wiser than Solomon. Everybody listen to me. Maybe he's just more trying to, it's a poetic way of talking about how I did my best to become the wisest person I possibly could, yeah. you know. Or even like we would talk, like um, we would say, "Well, I'm the only person in my family that has a college education." Oh yeah, um, right. You know, Maybe. I'm probably the smartest one that I have <laughs> the most education of anybody. Uh, you know, we just say those things. Yeah, yep. And he could easily be kind of applying himself that way because when you read his whole book, that would fit for him to be. Because that's where he is at the be- at the end of chapter one. He's about to go into what he implied and what he applied himself to learn and to know through all these experiences, and then where it got him. Right. Uh, and so we'll talk about that a little later too. But anyway, that's really all we need to say. I think about authorship. I mean, so really, there's just no there's no way to be certain uh, on this, and that's okay. We don't have right. to be certain. Uh, on it and the and, use of words is enough that we can't tell 100% what century it was written in either right. we don't really know from the use of Hebrew words there's a wide scope here too mm-hmm. um, and and so you'll find scholars who think all the way down to the maybe even into the second century BC although that's a stretch for sure mm-hmm. um, maybe but boy that would be hard to press some try uh, but then all the way back to, you know, Solomon. Then you've got to go back to Solomon, which the the Hebrew will allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's some, there'd be a couple of question marks you'd have to deal with, but it's not impossible for it to go all that way back. So I think it's on purpose that we don't know. I do too. Because uh, the book is so universal. Yes. It's a, has a timeless nature. Yes. And, um, so we don't have to link it to any particular time. Mm-hmm. It. I think we could read it and say somebody right now wrote it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely not, we could. You know. No doubt we could. 
I agree. If it weren't for it being in Hebrew. And, and <laughs> yeah, right. But I'm yeah. just. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's the timeless nature of the book. Right. Yes, absolutely. It's not nothing marries this to a certain time in mm-hmm. history. Which There's I love. Like I do too. I happen to absolutely love that. You know, a lot of times in a book we'll look for something like there's a reference to something happening at the time of the author that mm-hmm. you're like, oh yeah, you can see this mm-hmm. must have been written right there. But that's not in Ecclesiastes, so we don't have a, a some kind of captivity reference or some kind of you know major event in Jerusalem reference, um, and so there's nothing like that, which which I like, like you're saying, does that make sense? Um, now let's go into and let's watch how he begins, and just by reading verse one through eleven, which I believe forms the first piece of our literary structure. It's just this uh, poem here, very poetic way of talking as we, as he enters into his initial thoughts here to get us primed for where he's going. So here we go and let Gina take it away. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north, around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which is said, See, this is new. It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. Hmm. I love this. I think this is an awesome way to begin because he's really setting a stage for the idea of enigma, which he's talking about this idea, this inescapable problem that he has with not being able to, not being able to discover the real reason behind it everything and so this is just a very poetic way of tracing how he just is at a loss to figure things out because because of the way the world works yeah and he's totally overthinking he's totally overthinking i mean this is a classic classic example of overthinking and this is where overthinking gets us but somehow we're all find ourselves caught in it sometimes we're absolutely caught by overthinking uh and so preacher not unlike us uh is very much in this in this in the middle of this problem um so he starts in verse two vanity of vanities says the preacher vanity of vanities all is vanity that's how the esv puts it in there many translations out there that'll use the word vanity Mm -hmm. to talk about this now at its heart this word at its root this word is about vapor it's talking about vapor that comes out of your mouth which might be related to like when it's a little bit chilly outside mm-hmm. and you breathe and you can see that you can see the vapor coming out of your mm-hmm. mouth but you could never 
never possibly catch it. You know, it's no. just something that's it's there, it's gone. You can see it for a second, but then it eludes you. Yeah, yeah. And most of the time, we gone. can't even see it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's what's at the heart of the work. And so this idea of vanity comes from our word vain, vain. So there's vain like Carly Simon talks about, which is being prideful. You're so vain. Yes, you are. And then <laughs> I'm not, but you are. And then, but then there's also vain like doing something in vain. And that's how this word is used right. here. It's a vanity because you've done something and it seemed useless. Right. It seems to you did it in vain. It was like, of what useless. Is, what is the point of all of this? Is what he's saying. Yes. What is the I point? I don't understand. What is the it. and so so whenever the Bible Project are the ones who first turned me on to using the word enigma, and I'm like, ah. Now that fits. That's an excellent fit because that's what just like vapor. He's trying to grasp what things are about, but it seems impossible to grasp. And so, so it's an enigma. That's really where we're going here. Just like, just like you look at try to discover the heart of something and you can't quite get it. You can never quite get there. That's what he's talking about. It still remains elusive to him. It's an enigma. I wish I could understand this. What I'm about to tell you about, I wish I could understand it, but it is the enigma of all enigmas. That's what he's saying. Vanity of vanities. Enigma of enigmas. This is the greatest of all enigmas. I'm about to let you in on here. Cannot get to the bottom of this. Now, it's a problem that can't be solved. It's a yeah, yeah. conundrum of of conundrums.、Um, and so, in the CEV version. Which is the contemporary English version?、Uh, it is probably one of my favorite renderings of this. It actually says, "Nothing makes sense. Everything is nonsense. I've seen it all. Nothing makes sense."、Mm-hmm. And that's really、yeah. catches our enigma idea here.、Yeah. He just like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Right. So, that, so that's how he starts. He starts with that line. He's going to end us with that line later. But just like any good, that's not his. His end isn't his、uh, climax. Isn't really found at the end. Just like any good Hebrew writer, he's going to stick his climax in the middle, and it's、right. up for us to figure that out when we get there. So、fun. we'll be talking about that when we get there. He's going to end with this line because it'll put it tie it together on both sides. Both ends will look the same. But then he wants us to search until we find where he's really going in the middle. Unless anybody say. What is this doing in the canon, and how can?、Uh, what good is this book? It's just depressing.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just want to real quick put in here that this is the first book that you actually read、mm-hmm. in your Bible,、mm-hmm. and yes, it, it was exactly what you needed. Yes, it was. And God hit. It、me. played an important role in bringing you. It did to Jesus, and so thank you for pointing that yeah, out. Yes, that is true. This is the first book I ever read in the canon of Scripture from front to back. It's really odd. But, really odd, you know, right? That seems so odd. Why would a person、like、a do that? Really thing to do. It was exactly <laughs> God just opened this book up to me and said, "Here, Eric, this is for you." And oh, it's, it was perfect. It was exactly where I was before I came to Jesus. I was in this place. This is exactly the place I was.、Right. So it was just beautiful to me, just、yes. to see my. Heart and mind put on a page like that. Right here that? in the Bible, the thoughts you were having are here,、oh, and so that means it must be normal、yes. to feel this way. Yes, that's.、Uh, I think that's important. God wants to meet us there. Yeah,、uh, and we have a lot of people feeling this way right now,、mm-hmm. and、yeah. so wondering what the world could life be about. You know, 
there yep. may be a time when this could really speak to them. Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to bring that out. Thank you. God has a purpose awesome. for this book. Now, one thing I want to say before we go any further, too, is that verse 1, and then if we go to chapter 12, in chapter 12, verse 9 and following, the last few verses of the book, those are probably written by a third person author or, a, you know, a person outside the actual Kohelet. It's not Kohelet talking in verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1, and it's not Kohelet talking in chapter 12, verse 9 and following, um, but, but seems like somebody those, some, gathered that's this somebody information yeah. and wrote it down. Yeah. For Kohelet. Yeah. Uh, heard Kohelet, yeah. heard all of his, what he or even read it, whatever, and then assembled it in a nice fashion and put it down. But that, that don't let that take away from anything for you. I think every word we have in here is inspired, including the words of this guy who put it down. Oh, yes. I think so. If we have it in our Bible and on and our we really need those last it's, words. it's there. Yes. Those are important words for us, verse 9 and following, but they're obviously not from Kohelet. If you read it, he's clearly referencing Kohelet and saying and here's the basics here's the base of what he meant this is where he was taking us but we're going to hear that from Kohelet ourselves and then it'll make perfect sense why he said that at the end um, okay so now we get into we have that vanity of vanities that's how he introduces everything enigma of enigmas here's what I'm about to tell you and then he gives us this big question in verse 3 what does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun Going this to is work a giant and question. And oh my God! Yes, paying Where? bills and going back to work so I can pay some more bills. And where's the point? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Is there anything? To I mean, this? haven't we all felt that at some point? Truly, what is the point of all of this. Truly, all I'm doing is I'm like on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. If, if you, that's what you should think when you read this question. He is asking the question our hearts have all asked: Is this getting us anywhere? <laughs> Oh my goodness, what are we doing? Is this really getting us anywhere? That's that's the big question. And he asks it with this, you know, uses this under the sun phrase at the end, which um, just so you know, vanity, the word that we just saw above, is used exactly 72 times in the Old Testament. 37 of those are here in this book. So just over so half of the uses of, yeah. of the word enigma is used in this book. Now, under the sun is a Hebrew phrase that gets used exactly 28 times in Ecclesiastes and nowhere else in the Old Testament. Nowhere else. So this is it. Really so, big. And he uses under sun in a way that seems to mean this earthly life or right. this mortal existence. Yes. This is the one Which makes getting, sense you know, to me. Yeah. Here we are on the earth under the sun. When you're under the sun. When you're under the sun. So everything what? happening here. What means anything What's here going on the sun? Is there any meaning to this that we're doing? Yeah. So yeah, verse three life, is like this earthly the life. big question. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is a giant question is what he's throwing out there, which we've all probably felt at some point or another. Now then he answered then, I mean, he, then he goes the through this what is the meaning of life? Yes, very really? much like that. It's very it very much has that feel. I think we should very much be hearing that. Yes, what is the meaning of life? Is this big question, but he's being very poetic about mm -hmm. asking it here. Yeah. Then verse 4 through 11 is a very poetic way of just saying, and so this is what I have to work with in the world, and it's not getting me anywhere, you know. Um, it's written in a 4-3 style. The first four pieces of it go together very strongly, and then the last three pieces go together. And I think y'all are going to hear that uh, as we go through it here again, but just verses 4 through 7. A generation goes, a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. That's piece one. Next piece. 
verse 5. The sun rises, the sun goes down, and hastens to the place where it rises. That's then the third one, the wind blows to the south, goes around to the north, around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. Okay. And then if Ver- you live in West Texas, <laughs> boy, does that one boy, ever... that one, You're like, yeah. oh yeah. Got that. Totally understand that. <laughs> Verse 7, all streams run to the sea, but the sea's not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. Okay, so you just talked about for what I'm calling four perpetual cycles or circuits. They just keep going and going right. and going and there's no end and this is just the way they go. And you can't, round, by, round, by looking at them, you can't figure anything out. It's just like, with what? It, it just never ends. There's no conclusion. Where's the conclusion? Are we getting anywhere? Or is this how life, everything seems to be organized this way? Which doesn't lead me to anything. I just keep... Going round and round, you know. Uh, myself coming and going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, who's not said that about their life at some right. point or another? Yeah, I felt like I needed myself coming and going. That's what our grandparents used to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just feels like life is just this endless circuit of, of uh, one day after another that looks very much like yesterday and very much like tomorrow. And, yeah, and it can seem pointless. Yeah, and it starts seeming pointless. So that's the first four, these endless circuits. And then there's three things left that he's going to talk about. And I think, and I'm calling them the three aspects of existence that make you weary. Make your mind weary. Like, what is this? I'm just tired thinking about it. First one's in verse eight. All things are full of weariness. That's his kind of, that's just his overriding heading. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing nor the ear filled with hearing. That's the first thing. You would think... That all the things that an eye sees, that it would finally be like, okay, I've seen enough and cut off. Mm-hmm. I just, this makes no sense. I'm like, we just keep I don't to want see to see more. anymore. And it just, but it's not, it's never satisfied. It's like, keep seeing the same stuff over and over and over again. Keeps being fine with it. You think your ear would be like, okay, I've heard enough. Everything's the same. I don't want to hear anymore. I'm shutting off. Nope, it doesn't. It keeps being filled up with whatever you send into it. So that's the first thing. It seems weird, like wearisome. Like, why doesn't yeah. it get tired? Like, why didn't my eye just get tired and cut off? Right. Why didn't my when you just, think about it, yeah. like, I've seen a mountain. Why do I keep wanting to see more mountains? Yes, exactly. But I do. But I do. But really. <laughs> but I that mean, means there's doesn't no the end to it. the eye finally go, yeah, we were done. We're done. We're done. We're done. All those it just means there's no end to it. There's That's no right. sa- ultimate satisfaction. That's exactly it. Yes. So verse uh, 9 and 10 form our next piece. What has been is what will be, and what will be done is what will be done. And there's nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said? See, this is new. It's uh, It's been already in the ages before us. So there's our second piece, which is the endless quest to see something new, though there is no such thing. <laughs> there really is no such thing. We're constantly striving for it. We're trying to find it. But guess what? You know, Every time you hear it, Oh, you got to see this. Now, nothing like this has ever happened before. You go see it, and you think about it for a few minutes. You're like, well, yeah, I mean, okay, even if it's a new piece of technology, you're still like, yeah, but it's still just people communicating, and they're communicating the same stuff we always communicated. So there's really nothing new to this at all, you know? Okay, so I can talk to the other side of the world, but really... What am I? I'm not saying anything different. I'm saying the same thing I would have said. And they're saying the same thing. they're saying the same thing. And it's causing the same kinds of problems. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there isn't anything here. <laughs> Verse 11 is our last part. Um, there is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of latter things yet to be among those who come after. 
So that I'm calling the fact that people do not remember, let alone learn from, anything that has come before. Yeah. This is this is a wearisome thing. Right. This is wearisome. Why are we so bad about this? Why, Why does each generation have to learn their own lesson again? Lessons, and again you know, but it's again. true. Yeah. We don't we don't remember what we've just been through. Yeah. And I certainly can't. Much tell less you. our kids or our grandkids or our great grandkids. Yeah. They're gonna have to learn these lessons that we've learned all over. Yeah. If you stop most people on the street today and ask them what their great grandfather's name is, first name, a lot of them, you'd be amazed at how many are going to have trouble calling that. And if you ask them what their great great grandfather's name is, oh, forget it. That's not. That's not even close. Right. You know, we don't. So, so are we remembering those even in our past who maybe we should most remember? No, we don't. Right. We're terrible at this. Yeah. So, so this can be all pretty. Uh, what we've read so far. Yeah. Is what he's looking at and seeing. Yeah. It's what we all see, and it can be really depressing. Yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna say it. Even talking about it here, I'm going, "Oh, you're right. <laughs> this is terrible." <laughs> <laughs> but he started with this for a reason. He wants right. us to. He wants to put us in that place where we do, we're asking the question with him. Okay, you're right. If all of this is, this is the way life seems to happen. So. What Where do then? we go from here? What is the point? Is it all pointless? Maybe it is. I don't know. He's really put us in that place with it by giving us this. It's actually very beautiful. Uh, yeah, wonderful literary poetry, work. Poetry, yeah. Yeah, wonderful yeah. literary work. So just seeing that now, we're set up for okay. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta give me something now. Yeah. I mean, let's, now go let's listen go to some this. happy music. Yeah. Until the next <laughs> that's, time. Yes. That's right. Yes. Exactly. Uh, so, man, we're so glad that y'all joined us again today. I know we're kind of we're kind of leaving you hanging here, but we think that's good. You're gonna be back in hopefully back in three or four days. You it's not bad to think about these things. No. It's just don't let yourself get overly burdened by it. Yeah. Uh, but thinking about what is the point of all of this yeah. is a good thing. It is. It's a really good thing. So he's going to take us to a better place. Y'all join us again in a few days. We're so happy to have you here today. So glad you're with us. Always a pleasure. And we will just look forward to uh, talking to you again in a few days. God bless you all. Uh, have a great week.